<laughs> G'day folks, it is the coach here. Uh, I have an awesome guest. We've been laughing our ass off before the show went live. Uh, I am with my good friend, uh, Chuck Moore, straight out of America. We are talking today about building a personal narrative in the age of Sigma, you know, finding our place in the mortal realms, you know, really kind of not just building an army and reading some story, but, you know, really owning that little space of ours and bringing it to life on the tabletop. And uh, Chuck Moore is my guest. We are going to talk all about finding our place. And I guess for ourselves, where did we kind of find our place? How do we kind of build out our place? And, you know, give you some tips and tricks along the way to understand you know what you can start to do to get to there so chuck you are uh not just a, ga a narrative gamer you are a competitive gamer you're a tournament organizer you are a man of marathi but more importantly mm. uh not just marathi <laughs> hey, Rathi, yes. how are you mate i am doing good it's uh it's great to be streaming all the way across both ends of the world right now um yeah uh i got my my quarantine beard on um so no, things are going good. I'm excited to sit here, chat, talk some narrative, and help people learn how to develop their own, find their their little piece of and plot of land in the mortal realms and call it their own and start building from it. Yeah, I'm 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 really excited about this because I think for myself, when I first came in from uh, from Warhammer Fantasy Battles to the Age of Sigma, I really struggled with this. This was something to me that was a really tough time, and and one of the reasons that I actually left Age of Sigma. When I very first started, you know, I started, I played the game. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it, not because of the mechanics, but I just couldn't find my place. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was an empire man. I was very blessed for that four or five battle tones um, with maps, detailed maps and history and pinpoints. And I could have my elect accounts and I had my different, you know, emperors. And I knew that on mm -hmm. this side of the world, I had Britonia and the Wood Elves. And up this side, I had Kislev and Chaos. And I had, I knew everything. And then mm -hmm. the, when Age of Sigma kind of came out, I lost that spot. And for a lot of people here who are exploring the mortal worlds, the most enjoyment I've had over the last, say, 12 to 18 months has finding that place, exploring it, and kit bashing the living hell. I have done more yeah. conversions, more kit bashing, more exploring of the mortal worlds in the last 12 to 18 months than I ever did in Warhammer Fantasy Battles. And... This is why I'm excited to talk to you. I don't know how your your journey started, but I would love to know how you got into Warhammer and Age of Sigma. Well, I mean, Warhammer in general, I started with my local club. Uh, I, I originally started with the 40K end of it, uh, found in love with that lore, and then went into the local game store and saw that there was elves, and I was always more of a fantasy-driven person. So I immediately picked up box of high elves and painted them and started playing with my local club. And I won't go into all the nitty-gritty of it, but I was a true and blue high elf player, all the way up through the end times. I mean, I did dabble in uh, Dark Elves and what else, and even even uh, the old dwarves um, for a little bit. But uh, it's interesting looking back on the time now because I did have parts of that world I attached to. So I was a high elf player uh, from Illyria because I love the horses. I, I've always always loved uh, horses as an animal. So really attached to them, painted in that color scheme. But even whenever I made my own character, because in the, in the old big red book, BRB, there was a very key point that said, the general on the tabletop is you, so make it you. So I made a high elf on a horse, or yeah, I made a high elf general on a horse, gave him, gave him a lance, gave him a nice dragon armor, and like, this was this was my character, this was me, and uh, uh, my old Twitter handle, Odium. It's kind of the name I use in all my role-playing games and, and uh, 
anytime you see an MMO, if you see that name, that's that is me. But even though I had a character and a home, it was a home created by somebody else. And I my character was always, always, always going to be second fiddle to so many other characters. Mm. So, you know, you had Tyrion, you had Teclas, you had Alarial. And even below that, the secondary characters like uh, um, Corhill or Caradrian, who were second fiddle to those top level. So I was below that, <laughs> in essence. So I, I really didn't find a place it, as a narrative gamer until till Age of Sigmar. And it did take some time, because I, I understand whenever you came over, we didn't really have much definition of what the realms were. We, we knew that it was based upon magic, but... It was very high concept, yeah. right? It was just like, yeah. you know, God beasts and, you know, Sigmar and Grungi and all these, like, you know, the Parthion and, uh, you know, have these concepts of the mortal realms. And I remember, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it, you know, the penny really dropped for me when I saw, I think it was Phil Kelly's video where he explained the mortal realms and how they oh, interact yeah. with it's each other. Going. And yeah. this, this five-minute video, and it kind of like, that was the moment where the penny dropped and it clicked. And I'm like, now I get it. I don't have the maps yet. And, you know, there were things like Firestorm and Cities of Sigmar and mm -hmm. other initiatives that kind of build out the world. But you're right. Like when I planned playing Warhammer Fantasy Battles, my army was in Altdorf, which is the capital city. Um, you know, had the Emperor. What drew me was the College of Magic. And I know people mm -hmm. might have heard me talk about the fact that I love Hallow Heart. And I've always been like a Hallow Heart player. And that's because I've always loved the magic. I've always loved, right. um, you know, the, the the college of magic and and all of that stuff that kind of came with it and that was what drew me to Altoff and they had the imperial zoo which allowed me to have you know pegasus and dragons and manticores and you know basically the emperor had one of every animal yeah but I, I also created that little character there was a little uh <laughs> his name Rut, rutgar or rutgoff like he was a little like campaign character and i'd kind of shaved off his mustache um to make him like clean skin i kind of converted his arm and that was mm. me. Um, and I always had like a little battle mage that would be like my little two IC. Her name was Cassandra with a with the R spelt backwards because I love corn and that's how corn spells. <laughs> but but I was like a little yeah. Egyptian, but also like that was about me. Um, but I don't think like I, I, never, I always kind of kept to the book. I kept mm. to the script. I painted the army like I saw in the army book. I built them the way they were on the box and I never went outside of my lane essentially mm -hmm. yeah and even whenever age sigma started i played stormcast because everything was kind of up in the air like what are the armies how do we play them but i had the starter box and i wasn't not a chaos player at all um, but even my stormcast i have them painted in reichsgard colors because i was like oh humans right i always like the reichsgard i guess i'll do my empire army now because we didn't know what was going on mm. um but yeah for me it, it really started kicking off during the seasons of war Whenever we had that summer campaign, uh, people were in my area finally into the game after me endlessly pushing <laughs> to try and get people going. And it was it was taking off and it really gave everybody a place to rally behind because we were all looking like who's going to take these cities and, and you know, think in order took them all in, in the end. But it, it really helped the uh, clubs around the area gel, but it also said okay, I can be from here. This place exists. It's a city I know about, which they were the first ones that were outside of uh, Azerheim, which was Sigmar. And he, we didn't know if we could get there or not. It just Stormcast coming down and they didn't know how to get back unless they died. So that's when it's really started kicking off for me. Uh, and, it, you know, Firestorm, that was great too. Um, but 
Well, Firestorm was off the back of the, the season of war. So for anyone right. who's joined us in Age of Sigma, maybe over the last two to three years, um, you know, we, we had these novels called the Realm, the, you know, the Realm Gate Wars, which was all mm. about Sigma and the Pantheon trying to reclaim their parts of the mortal realm, beat off chaos. You know, the way they did that was by claiming the Realm Gates and, you know, reclaiming the Realm Gates. Then we had like this global campaign where we as players contributed to a total score and there were three different regions i think it was like the europe's the americas and like the asia pacific yeah. and we were all fighting for three different realm gates and based off the successes of those those fights uh because order was able to win the fights in the end that's why we got the firestorm campaign which was allowing us to have lots of different rules basically the cities of sigma and then because of that we that's how we've got the cities of sigma that's why we've got the armies in Gairan and Akshi, and we don't know yet about the other realms. It's not that, you know, GW have been jerks. It's just that this is a story that's been told over the last couple of years. Yeah, and we keep seeing little little pieces added in the in the narrative. So we had, what's it, the Lethesian uh, mm. in the mm. malign, malign Sorcery? Malign Importance? Malign Sorcery. Uh, for, 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 forbidden Power. Forbidden Power. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so, like, it's just, here's a one page, and it it gives you how to play this army that then is in this narrative about what's happening and it's 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 fun and it's exciting and it you know it's viable you can play it on the field and, and do well in your games so it, there's more always more and more and i love it because the more places we have to call home like we get those nice maps like uh we had a great um soulbound just came out and if you uh pre-ordered it and got the pdf copy you all yeah you also got the um uh great parch map which has a lot of detail in it <laughs> like you i mean find that map and be like i live here <laughs> this is this is where my army is going to live if you want to be from action yeah and i definitely want to talk about things like soul uh, soulbound um because i i did buy it i, uh, I i'm, I'm mm -hmm. on the fence on what whether i'll actually play it or not you know i am a true dungeons and dragons player at heart and i love dungeons and dragons i wouldn't mind playing soulbound but the reason i bought it was because of all that beautiful detail about Akshi and about the mortal realms that they were able to tell and that's just kind of expanded my knowledge and given me a better idea of where my place is in the mortal realms. And uh, I think that's what today's going to be about, uh, I would like, is to go, you know, what was your story? Because, Chuck, you have an amazing story for your army. It's, it's, it's so inspirational. And, you know, people might sit there and go, how on earth did this crazy guy get to this point? I'd love to then break that down to go, well, you know, what were the steps and how do I start reclaiming my place in the mortal realms? What did, what did you know, what did Anthony and Chuck do to, to do that? And then how do you bring that to life? And what are the tools that are available to us to bring that to life? And, you know, g'day to everyone in the chat. I can see Luke, Ken, Tobias. Uh, we've got Sean. We've got uh, Aussie Wargamer, Safeguard, Mitch. Hey, everybody. You know, we've got so many cool people here, by the way. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. And, um if you've got any questions as well, feel free to pop them in the chat and I'll bring it up uh, if at a relevant point. So and uh, make sure you make sure you smash that like button now, guys. Just oh. smash it right now. Hit it hard. <laughs> smash it. No, uh, I'm very blessed and very fortunate. You guys are all legends. So um, you got into Age of Sigma and, you know, f you know, let, let's set the landscape. You know, mm -hmm. Phil Kelly, uh, you know, there's a lot of storytelling. You know, the old world had died. Uh, we had the end times. By the way, if you're watching this live, Games Workshop is just putting out the end times books digitally at the moment, so you can go back and find out how the old world died. You know what the story was with Nagash and Archeon, and it's a great uh, story. The, the Glockan, yeah. and there's just so much that went hap that happened. Um, and then we kind of how we got to the the age of Sigmar, and you know we've kind of you know reclaimed parts of the realm. We're exploring things. Um, 
I had a chat with with Two Plus Tough Dog recently. We were kind of going, well, how do you explore it, right? We had Forbidden Power, Malign Sorcery. We've had the Necro Quake. We've had, you know, the Soul Wars. We've had the Romgate Wars. We've had, um, obviously, you know, the Cities of Sigma with maps. And, um, you know, we've had Slanish and, you know, the Elves kind of how mm -hmm. they've kind of handled things. And, you know, Nagash kind of <laughs> getting a little uppity of his, losing his souls and, you know, chaos fighting each other. And this is so much. Yeah. Um, which is really exciting, but it's in like, right, well, I'm going to click X army. Cities of Sigma, Gloomspike Gits, Slanesh, whatever my army is. How do you then kind of be more than just a kind of like a standardized army, you know, and you've got a Daughters of Cain army, and it might be a nice segue if I bring up some of the things that you've given me. And um, I got to see this in real life last year um, at Adepticon. And you have a Daughters of Cain army, but it's not just mm -hmm. a generic standard Daughters of Cain. Um, right. and, I, and I couldn't think of a better picture. And you don't even know what order these are coming in. You just said <laughs> I you don't. stuff. I don't. Um, so I thought I, I'd kind of like this. This might be like laying laying the like the the land. Like, what on earth is is this? And how did you get into uh, Daughters of Cain? How did you make it your own? So the origin of Daughters of Cain. So my army uh, is its own. I play the Kraith. Uh, as far as the official temples go, that's the rule set I use because I just have the most fun with it. But I have a army called the Tayrathian Cult, and because whenever I do my army narratives, I like to centralize it around a single hero. Now that's not the only way you can do it. You can do a, a true theme of an army. You can do a true, like 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 we were just talking the Reichsguard. Like that is a theme in of itself. You could you could have a city that is a theme without having any really strong characters speak of characters whereas i like to have a really strong character that's leading and guiding and pulling everything very daughters of cain like so it began uh at adepticon was it two years ago officially whenever the daughters of cain were released i was okay. yeah it was it was 2018 yeah so i, I was originally going to do actually a darkling coven's army and then uh my good friend Domus reached out. He's like, hey, I got some to sell it to you. By the way, I have a bunch of these old metal witch elves that he sold me for next to nothing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll take them. Why not? I, I like the look of those old sculpts. And uh, the more I looked into it and talking to people online, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do Daughters of Cain. And then all of a sudden the reveals started coming out and the, the book dropped. And it was just like, oh, okay. I lucked my way into this and I'm loving it. I love every moment of it. So went full in Daughters of Cain from that moment. And even at that time, it was like, this was going to be my army for the year, perhaps. So, I, I, and as everyone knows me, I, I, I like, I, I do like all kinds of music, but pop music's my favorite. My favorite pop artist is Taylor Swift. So that's where Tayrathi comes from. <laughs> so originally the army was called the Taylothian cult. And I didn't have Tayrathi built because she had founded the cult and had disappeared and, or died. It was unknown. And then I took it to Adepticon played it, had fun. So, you know, I, I can't stop enjoying this army. I just keep loving it. And, and then I decided to go to um, an event in England, Realms at War. So shout out to uh, uh, Steve, Mitzi, Jimbo, and Ming over there. Run an amazing event. Like, it, I mean, there's only, when you think narrative events, there's only two that come to mind. And it's the, the Holy Havoc, Holy Wars, and Realms at War. And by, by God, go to both. But regardless, I was going over there and they have a very core theme about creating something that's a theme for the entire event. And we had to create an Aethermist. And I was like, well, I, why don't I make this Tayrathi character? Let me actually, and I fiddled with bits, put a lot of effort into it. And 
it's like, okay, now I need a story of how she came back. So I worked through it. And, and if you shameless plug my uh, blog, strengthhammer.net, if you click on the lore section, you can see all the lore of how this all developed. If you want much more detail as far as from the character's perspective, but through a accident in Aether me, which was the theme of the event, she was reborn from this character character that I had. And it really just kept going from there because like you said, I'm a, I'm a narrative person, but I'm also a competitive person. So I just keep taking this army to events and I saw no reason to separate the two. So I would have a narrative no matter what the event was. So it's, not, so it's not like you, you sat there and got your daughters of Cain battle tome and fleshed out this amazing narrative in a single day. This is something that's oh, no. kind of evolved over time as events have happened, um, as you've had interactions on the table. So I guess the first lesson here, folks, is that, um, you know, by finding your narrative, it's not this one single moment of truth. It is this constant evolution of your gaming history. And it's about the way you interact with players. It's a way that you look at your army. It is evolving always over time. Yeah, and that that's a, a absolutely brilliant breakdown. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, even if I tried, and I probably would have had typos if I did. But <laughs> uh, you're right. So, like the 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 core of my idea when I took this to Adepticon was just to play on the fact that I like Taylor Swift. That was it. That was the kernel of the idea. And then by then embracing the narrative and working towards a narrative event specifically, you it really began developing as a character of herself. And then that character started shaping the army and, and it, it just, it, it took, it eventually became a life of its own. Uh, and in this picture that you see right here. So uh, a stone monk gamer on Twitter, fantastic artist. I went to him and said, Hey, would you draw my Tayrathi character? And at the time I had, I had a model of her, but I said, just take Taylor Swift, combine it with Marathi. Uh, and this is actually the, the second one he did for me where he surprised me because first one he, he, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, he knocked it out of the park with both of them, but he sent me this and he didn't tell me that he was putting me into the art. <laughs> and, and bonus points. If you notice that it, there's Chuck as well, um, along the snake belly. Um, yeah, it's just so much brilliance with this. And I know, um, you've kind of shared a whole, a few other pictures. I hope I'm not kind of going too fast, but, um, like for me, just, you know, the visual element and, you know, for some people you may not, you may think this is kind of down the path, but um, I love, I love that, you know, you've really encaptured this, this persona, but again, it's kind of built over time. And, you know, I've got two other pieces of art here. Um, yeah. If you want to kind of explain a little bit more about this. Right. So the, the one, I guess it's on, on the left um, where it's the traditional Marathi both Taylor Swift's head. Uh, that is the first one Eric did for me. And if you notice, there is the Chuck in the heart. Um, I said, I loved it. This was a great thing to have because anytime I print an army list going to an event, uh, that's the cover page. <laughs> you get a cover page followed by a narrative, followed by my actual list. That's how I approach every single event, whether it's narrative or competitive or just even like a friendly little one dare. That's what you're going to get from me. And if you look at the one on the right is a much more recent one. My wife did that. Um, She's a very like more, I guess we'll call it anime style. I'm sure there's a term for it that I'm not getting right. But I, at this point, having made five or six different versions of the Tayrathi model, I said, okay, it's time to actually have art piece that reflects the model of Tayrathi. Because 
even though it started out as this fun little, like I said, play on the fact that I like Taylor Swift and all that. It's like, no, no, Tayrathis is, she's a being now. Like, I, I'm I'm shocked at how many people recognize the name and her, <laughs> and it, it's 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 grown into this great great thing, and people love it. So I wanted to have that represented in art piece too. So whenever I do covers or art or promotions, uh, uh, that's the other quick little side thing. The other secret to help getting a narrative out there and and pushing it is just never shut up about it. <laughs> if you, if you know me, I don't shut up about it because I love it. Well, it's a bit hard to to not notice it when you dress up like Marathi Tayrathi uh, at yeah. Raw, and I think that was when kind of the world noticed that. Yeah. Uh, true story, by the way. Uh, if you look down in the the video description, I will have Chuck's Twitter handle, and if you go deep enough, about two years worth of photos, you will find him dressed up as Marathi Tayrathi, uh, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely glorious. Um, now. Does this for any second of time mean that we expect you to go out and cosplay your character? No. If you want to, the space is there. Yeah, no one, no one's gonna uh, bat an eye at you if you want to do it. And it's, it's if you're going to be like, that's really cool. Um, I, I guess this thing like Realms at War had a costume award, and when I was looking at going over there, I said, okay, I want to go for an award. Looking at all the people that are over there, amazing, amazing people who still are narrative players that I look up to, amazing artists, just top level, and knowing that I was traveling, I looked around and, and I saw the best costume, and I had, I had the idea to dress up as Marathi, so uh, that's why I did it, because I'm like, I can win this award. I can go this far. <laughs> And, you know, uh, funnily enough, I remember I attended an event, Sydney Slaughter, 2018. So it was probably around, you know, probably not far off a very similar time to your Raw character. But I was going in for my first representation of Legion of Nagash, uh, specifically Legion of Night. I was running Manfred, and I did walk away with the best, best, best death at that, that tournament. But one of the things that I did is I dressed up like a necromancer. I had this old um old you did the videos. I remember the videos. Uh, yeah. I, I did some videos, and, and um, it was really funny because it was really stupid. It was a lot of fun. But um, I think, you know, there is – where I want to kind of come back to is that there are a lot of different ways that you can bring this to life. And um, we've kind of heard a little bit about this Tay Rathi. We've heard a bit about Daughters of Cain and kind of making it your own. And once you've found a little place in the mortal realms, it allows you to then go, right, well, how do I bring this onto the table? Um, Chuck and I were just talking before we went live. Um, I decided, uh, Liam and I, so Shadow Ham and I were talking literally last night and, um, He's really been enjoying the Scourge Runner Chariots in Tabletop Simulator. So he's a Daughters of Cain player as well. And he's like, I, I want the I want these chariots, but I want them to be daughters. I want them to be my army. And he was showing me the ways he was going to do it using Medusas. He was going to take parts from the from the cauldron. He was going to get it running by with a Charybdis as, as opposed to like horses or some type of mount. And I really enjoy the chariots as well. And I'm like, how do I make this? my own because i'm a free guild player i play with humans um you know people might have seen my pictures where i've you know turned my phoenix guard into humans i have uh i'm currently you know working on my my dreadlord on black dragon which is using the carmine dragon so i'm kind of i'm trying to making a human prop i wouldn't say proxy because it's not just i'm not taking a standard model and just going well 
this now represents this. I'm putting in effort and work to make it more reflective of my army. You're you're creating you're creating a characterful army, and the war scrolls are just going to go on after, it, which is a really interesting way to look at it. The war scrolls don't matter to you as much as creating what you want and then finding the war scroll that fits it. Uh, and, and for anyone who, by the way, wants to see all this stuff, um, do check the channel description. You will see um, Strength Hammer's uh, uh, Twitter handle. I can't remember if I put the blog on there, but I will put it's, the blog. It's in my Twitter profile, so don't worry. Worst case scenario, <laughs> go to the Twitter handle. You'll go see his blog. You'll see all the great pictures as well. Uh, and we're, we're going to show off in a minute some of the pictures of his army. But I guess I wanted to kind of bring it back and go, right, you didn't have to start off by building these great art pictures. You don't have to go to your wife and ask you to your wife or Stone Mug Gamer to, to do an art piece. It could just be simply finding a place in the story. And um, I've really enjoyed Akshi. Um, you know, the two, the two armies that I've built are um, – so, so, so leading into CanCon, which was, uh, you know, the world's largest event happened this year, I decided that I was going to choose my place in the mortal realm because I was going to go hard on a display board. Um, I really wanted to, I wanted to do my did. best. I, 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 went, I went hard because, you know, I, I run a tournament, uh, you know, a 100-person tournament that happens around the same time as Armies on Parade. So while everyone's preparing for armies on parade, I miss out because I'm painting, I'm painting um, terrain. I'm, you know, doing players pack stuff. I'm talking to sponsors. So I went, that's it. Screw it. I'm going to go hard at CanCon. I, I want a place in the mortal realms. And at the time I, I said, right, the place that I, I, I'm most reflective of is I love Hello Heart and I love Tempest Eye. They're both from Akshi. And I looked at the map and I'm like, right, well, there's a little island um, called the Opal Isles. And during the Firestorm campaign, which is like this little kind of narrative campaign before Cities of Sigma, we were we were fighting over this like this area called the um, the Flame Scar Peninsula, mm -hmm. and basically Hollow Heart and Tempest Eye and the Flame Scar Peninsula, and then there's this little island between the two called the Opal Isles that wasn't really explored in detail, but it was enough for me to go right. This is my army. This is where it's from. I'm going to try to build a narrative relationship on what this army does with Hello Heart, but also what does it do for Tempest Eye? So mm. it could be the research center and it kind of, they kind of trade artifacts and help kind of protect the flame scar before people go in or like whatever that story might be. But I kind of like, right, I'm going to choose something. It, for me, whenever I, I developed the army and the army took a character of its own, I was really just kind of generally set in Guy Rant. Uh, I just mostly because I, I had attachment to the realm of life because that was the easiest place for my mind to grasp way back when everything began. Um, I actually just recently, so I guess we, we call ourselves neighbors. I recently, uh, the last piece of lore I did was called the Tarathian Exodus, where Ilariel finally sick of her, her, her shenanigans and sacrifices, kicks her out. So she takes her whole cult and leaves and goes through a uh, hollow heart, uh, which was a long ordeal process, which I might explore in more detail for some fun. Because imagine moving an entire like fanatical Daughters of Cain cult of thousands and thousands of 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 Cainite worshiping elves through a city peacefully. That's going to be pretty hard. <laughs> but I kind of glossed over that for the time being and settled her actually outside Anvilgard, uh, up by the uh, uh, the mountains up there. The I forget what the the mountains are called, but yeah, just just to the uh, the east. Uh, and the lore piece I did was her finalizing the settlement terms. And I, I did Anvilgard specifically because it being the uh, more Darkling Coven's style location, it was an easy place, I think, uh, for 
the canine stuff to kind of fit in and not feel yeah. too brute forced. So you can find a place in the realms, like an actual true place at any time. So don't don't feel like you have to do that and then do that and, and then develop your narrative. You can develop your narrative and then find that place. So both ways work depending on how you want to do it. And that kind of ties in kind of nicely to, to this particular picture where, um, so I guess, the, again, another, another kind of piece that I, I'm trying to draw out here is that this is, again, this story that has evolved over time. And uh, while I did mention my CanCon journey, um, one of the critical moments for me as well was that CanCon was set in the realm of Gur, the so Gairan, Gairan, mm -hmm. and specifically the event was called the Jade Kingdoms. And Clint had done this amazing job, the tournament organizer, Australia's grandfather of Age of Sigma, put together about let's say three paragraphs about the Jade Kingdoms, and he ex explained why, or you know, a, a little bit about the campaign. Um, not 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 too much, but just enough to kind of get your narrative lips kind of you know wet if you're into that. And I kind of took that as a personal challenge to say, well, why is my army fighting in Cancon? What what is it doing, and why is it there? And you know, when I looked at my army, I had you know um, it was being led by a uh, an anointed, so anointed on foot. I had my wizard contingents. I had my um, uh, my uh, Hurricanum, I had, you know, a bunch of battle mages, I had my Phoenix Guard, I had, you know, a bunch of endless spells, I had some hand gunners, and I'm like, right, well, you know, my army's based in Akshi, and I thought to myself, I'm going to be a research centre. I'm going to be basically tasked by Hallowheart to go into the Jade Kingdoms and find stuff that they can try to get a better understanding of Gairan. We don't, we don't know what we're going to encounter, right? Because we haven't gone to CanCon yet. So we don't know who we're going to encounter. We're not going to find, know what we're going to find. But basically, we're tasked to go find stuff, then report it back. And, you know, wh whether I won, whether I lost, you know, depending on who I fought, then that might get me thinking, well, well first off, you know, I encountered Caradron Overlords in round four. You know, my first army I, I fought was, you know, um, the Beast Claw Raiders. So, or... Um, Sorry, it was a Beast Claw Raider-esque, but it was obviously mm -hmm. the, um, the Ogamore tribes. Like, how, how does that come into play? You know, are they trying to deny me from my artifacts? Do they hold the artifacts? You know, like, what's the deal? And it kind of ties me to what you shared, and which is the, you know, the progression of your army, and it's kind of how this is all kind of coming to play. And, and this, for me, is super inspirational because I can start to see and how you've documented the narrative over time yeah and like i said it, it, the one thing too whenever you're developing this and you actually start grabbing more and more ideas don't be afraid to play along with the core narratives that's happening within your army or even the mortal realms like if you see like uh age of the telothian cult that's that's deptcon 2018 you can see i'm a sect of the Kraith. now eventually i tried other temples here and there just to, just to try out the entire book but it's a uh, you can play along with it and play a powerful army and still be in line with your own personal narrative and the army's narrative. Uh, you just have to know the characters in the book to know the army. Um, for, for instance, you'd, you'd think being a Daughters of Cain player um, that my army would be always worshiping Marathi and doing whatever she says. No, exact opposite. I, well, I have Marathi models. It's a beautiful model and I have run her in uh, games with Tayrathi uh, Tayrathi is essentially opposed to Marathi. Mm. She she knows that Marathi's lying, 
that she's absorbing the power through Kane's heart, and she wants to gain power herself by collecting the different shards of Kane that have been scattered across the realms, and then eventually taking on Marathi, taking the heart so she can rebirth Kane. That that's always been her goal. Uh, now you might be thinking, like, okay, well, why would Marathi let her live? Well, if you know Marathi's history, of course she'd let her live. Marathi's secretly pulling the strings over Terathi anyway, so I'm able to find a way to narratively be opposed to the core leader of my entire faction, but not be in any sort of danger because I'm technically being used. Because like I'm, I'm never going to have my personal character outshine the true core character of the army, it's, as in Marathi, because you know the, the <laughs> Games Workshop controls her. I don't control Marathi, but I control well, you're Terathi. Not, you're, you're not trying to override the stories. You're not trying to say that this is my Lord of Death and you know he is more powerful than Nagash. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not trying to say that, you know, you're not trying to override the fundamental core of the, of the mortal realms, but I love how you've weaved in your character to find a spot in the mortal realms through a relationship. And you talked about the, you know, the, the, the story that you had around Alariel and, you know, having to migrate through Gairan into, into Akshi and, you know, Temp uh, Anvil Guard and Hallow Heart. Um, so you're interacting with the other characters, but not necessarily trying to be, in the Partheon or trying to, again, try to remove everything that's happening in the mortal realms and almost like making your own version. So I love that you're weaving through and those interactions are continuing your story. Yeah, and like I said, if you look through this timeline as you scroll through it, you'll notice that there's a lot of, uh, lot of events on here and they're all mostly competitive. There's a few narrative events specifically, but like, heck, if you even look uh, right now in the, the middle Decticon, screen, you'll see... You'll see ETC, yeah. ETC 2019. Um, you think how, first of all, I, I wasn't uh, a member of the team for ETC uh, 2019 or uh, at all, but I, I know, I know Bill and Roger and the, and the team. So I helped them with some practice uh, for, for a night when they got the practice together. But uh, Roger, my friend, he was playing daughters of Cain. He's like, Hey Chuck, I need two hag Queens. And he's like, I know you have the bits. You can, can you help me out? I'm like, yeah, sure. What's your color? color scheme and he said oh i'm doing red white and blue okay so i kit bashed them together pretty easily and as i was doing it i'm like i have an idea on the back of uh, one was more of a traditional high queen one was a blood bowl model but on the back side on their on their garments i put terathi's uh rune which if you look on this this image it's on the far bottom left i just i just free handed it on um and yeah it looks like a ts because taylor swift because I then wrote a narrative of Terathi giving her blessing for these two high queens to depart for the essentially like the greater good. Like you, you, you are going off to fight this battle that's bigger than just my cult. I give you permission, Kane's blessing go with you. And I released that when they were over there. <laughs> and I made sure to tell everybody, like, please tell Roger how great his army narrative is <laughs> while you're at the most competitive event in the world. <laughs> Which, it just goes hand-to-hand. -hand. Like, there's no reason why you can't be competitive and narrative at the same time. Like, I, I lo I'd love to wash it away instantly. And, and, and that's probably another really good point to drive home. And um, so, first of all, I acknowledge something that Aussie Wargamers mentioned in the um, in the chat, which is, you know, absolutely perfect. And he's talked about, you know, developing a narrative is starting with an overarching idea or a theme. And then you're fleshing it out as you're building the army. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, so I, I mentioned that I was going for a hobby award at CanCon in my display board. And, you know, um, Aussie Wargamer and I, and there was a couple of others that were kind of in the top three. 
Um, Aussie got me in second place, so he's awesome. But he's just a very, you know, mixed destruction, but a very pirate themed. And again, I, I know that he wouldn't have started with this. I've got this idea with the Gargan and these orcs. I'm going to put it in a treasure chest. Like, it's just kind of like, you're like, you keep pushing yourself as you go and you start with a little idea and you just explore it more and go, well, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, and then kind of like I mentioned just before we kind of this show, this kind of um, this timeline is that I mentioned that Liam Shadowhammer is looking at building his own chariots. And I said, well, how do I make my own free guild chariots? And I recently read in the Soulbound RPG book, they've talked about this, this army in the Flamescar Peninsula. Um, and uh, essentially it's a city of warrior women. And the way that they get appointed to be warrior women is that they have to slay or tame a, uh, a Flamescar lion. They got me thinking like, I really like that. I don't want a chariot with horses. I, I, I was struggling and looking at the existing kids. I don't like the traditional scourge runners. And then that kind of thing, you know, I kind of added one and one. I went, what about the high off lion chariot? So I started looking and I went and like, well, it's no longer the high off lion chariot. It's now the flame scar lions. And oh, wow. how yeah. did my, how did my, my city being an actually city being not far from the flame scar peninsula, how did they get those chariots? And it complements my army so well, even though the war scroll says it's a, it's essentially a darkling coven unit. It is a horse, not a, not a lion, but, that simple idea has now gotten me down a path that I'm now I'm chasing high off lion chariots. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so fucking cool. Yep. And it, that, that's the fun part. Like as things build and build, um, like so even me, if you look at somewhere in this timeline, uh, I have had moments where I'm like, okay, let me try something different because Terathi is the leader of this entire army. She's not going to be doing everything out there. She's going to have lieutenants. So I've made some sub characters for for certain events, um, specifically uh, uh, Martin Orlando last year at Nova Open had the Lore Master Challenge. It was between myself, uh, him, uh, Doug from Two Plus Stuff, and uh, Kelly. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kelly on Twitter. And then so it was we all submitted lore. Internet voted on it. Doug took that easily. <laughs> and uh, then there, we also gamed with each other and then we scored some points. Me and Martin ended up tying on that. So we shared the award. So he, I let him take the, the plaque home. I just wanted a picture of him and me with the plaque. So that's my trophy. But I didn't want to take Terathi to this. I'm like, this is as small as a thousand points. I didn't want to take Terathi because one, it's, you know, there's different levels of, of skill for, for narrative and painting. Like, so, like, like Kelly's a phenomenal painter but I don't, I don't see her do much narrative i do lots of narrative not the best painter uh doug's very well rounded martin's a very good competitive and a very good painter so martin made this event in an essence to allow us all to shine but yeah. i was like if i take terathi that's going to overload i think the narrative in my mind because like she's such a power powerful being so let me make a lieutenant so that was terathi's gamble she made the first male slaughter queen which actually he's right here <laughs> just some blood bowl bits and daughter's cane bits um, yeah, I just want, I'm like, what, what, what's the most interesting thing with an all female army? It's like, okay, let's throw a dude in there <laughs> and this, and, and see, let's see how that goes. I haven't explored it since then, but it's a fun little kernel of idea that I could always go back to. So feel free to like branch off these things. If they don't work, just leave them and go, go somewhere else. 
I want to I drill down on a point you just made, and that is narrative gaming and competitive gaming are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you and I both agree that even when we go to a match play tournament, you know, you've said Warpacker, you've seen Adepticon, um, you know, whether it's going to Nova, I go to, you know, a whole bunch of different competitive events. You know, I've mentioned CanCon as one, but that's not the only one. It's not like I leave my narrative at home. Mm -hmm. whether I bring it to life on my display boards, whether I bring it to life. So one of the things that I do all the time, and um, if anyone watched Doom and Darkness's uh, list review show for his event in Adelaide, the, the SAGT, um, he was doing a whole bunch of list reviews, and um, I had names for every single one of my characters, and he made a comment like, oh, it, it was it was a, more of a, a tongue-in-cheek tongue uh, comment, but every one of my characters were named. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one simple way that I can bring my narrative to life without forcing it into my opponent's face to say, this is where my army's from and blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, there is that that opportunity every time we play is like, here's my army list. And for someone who's got a narrative bone or has got a little bit of curiosity, they'll say, oh, what's the deal with X? Or you know, where did that name come from? And I remember at another event uh, late last year, uh, the Runax team tournaments. There's a gentleman in my local community called Brant who is also a free guild player, but what he had done is there's a guy in the UK who will 3D print these little um, like little name plaques. Plates. The yep. nameplates, yeah, they go around the base. Um, so that was a way that he was able to bring his characters to life. And again, if I go up against him, I'm like, oh, that character has a name. Is there a story? So you can have those narrative conversations without having to force like a big you know novella in in front of your opponent and they're like come on guys i just want to play but at the same <laughs> time i've also seen it in such a way like i've seen opponents challenge me and say well this is, is well, this is what your character would do are you sure and i'm like oh, damn you <laughs> playing right into your hand oh yeah. I, or or if i'm if i'm not winning a game like it has an opportunity for me to muck around and go well screw it i'm gonna throw the game doesn't matter uh i clearly can't win at this point so i'm just gonna do something that could be narratively beneficial for me i i've had games too where the person came to the table is very competitive focused we you know they didn't care about my narrative at all at that time we played the game they you know they <laughs> they they put pedal to the metal took me off the board and then after that was said and done then they're like tell me about your narrative now tell me about it like like it's, it's not that they don't care maybe they don't care right now like because if it's a competitive tournament and someone's chasing that dream that's their focus well, and you got to they're, fo they're focused yeah. they're thinking about deployment thinking about strategies yep. they're thinking about dice rolls yep so never take it as if they don't care it's just like maybe they may they have a goal right now. You got to respect that. Help them achieve their goal because you're achieving your goal just by being on the table if, if narrative is your goal. But like I said, you may be competitive too. Uh, so you both may need to go after that. But yeah, you can. they can always wait till the end. It doesn't have to be up front. Like, I, I do like your idea of just naming your characters and then if someone's interested, because that's a good like kind of litmus test. Like, it also kind of give you an idea of maybe what that person's after right now mm. at the table. So you kind of like have a little extra, you know, social cue like okay let's let's play a game or like oh we just want to have a few laps okay that's fine let's do that i think the uh sorry one more thing <laughs> the worst thing you can do and this was a mental trap i actually fell into for a little bit is i had my entire narrative fleshed out but i kept it in my head too much mm -hmm. um so make sure you are writing it down somewhere too whether you're sharing it at the at events or not make sure you're putting it somewhere don't just leave it in your head because then no one knows about it I use my iPhone. 
I use my iPhone in the notes section and um, I just like write ideas, you know, I'll name my characters. So every time that I, I write up an army list, I can always bring back the character. Um, I've got a whole bunch of battle mages, right? So anyone who knows the Seeds of Sigma, the, the, the little old battle mage can be chosen from eight of the different mortal realms. I have a wizard name for each of the different ones. So if the battle mage is from Gairan, it has a, a name. But if it's from Hish, it's, it's a completely different wizard. So uh, whether I go out and, you know, and some people may not be in a position to buy eight different battle mages, um, but, you know, and they might be using one, but that's just a way that I can bring that to the table. Um, and, you know, I use that note section. If I have an idea, I can write it down. Um, I might come back to it and explore it further. It might actually get me really curious to go onto Google and go, right. I, and, and one of the challenges I'm currently having right now is my next army is the Sons of Behemoth. I, I want a mm -hmm. Gargan army. And I know that I want my Gargan army to interact with my free city. Mm -hmm. But I don't know the law yet of, 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 the, of the sons. Like, I don't know what this battle tome is going to bring. And I'm trying to find my place in the mortal realms. But I'm trying to explore and look at all these different things. And I'm formulating ideas. And you're right. I'm documenting it. So the moment that battle tome comes live, I know how to bring it to life. I know the different parts that I want to bring it to. Because there's a piece of story that I just absolutely love. And I've now found a way, more than just you know, having a Johan kind of running kind of from a gargant, I know how to bring it to life. Yeah, and there'll, there'll be some hook in that battle tome that you can find. I'm, I'm sure even if it's, it, it could even be something as simple as, oh, he he had been sleeping there for thousands of years and just woke up, <laughs> or hundreds of years and just woke up out of his drunken stupor. And they said, hey, you're fighting with us now. Like It, it could be that loose, and you can let it develop later, later too. So, yeah, but it, battle tomes are a great place to find narrative hooks for sure. I might, I might just call out one of the comments here from Itis because I think it's um, a really good comment here. Actually, you know, I, 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 he's going to say, you know, he, he obviously one, this person is very impressed with what we're talking about here. But the reason I'm pulling that out was um, they've mentioned that in their region, nobody seems to care when it comes to narrative. Um, so he, one, they're finding this discussion really refreshing, but it's two, it's an interesting part, right? Because what we're not, what we're not talking about here is narrative gaming. Um, because that in itself is a whole different challenge is that, mm -hmm. you know, traditionally in a narrative, you know, you've got to have a story, you've got to have battle plans that people aren't usually flexible moving away from the general's handbook or the core scenarios. Often there are no points, which means that some people, depending on, on the community you're playing in, may not like the idea of playing with less points than their opponent. And that causes friction, especially if you don't know the person. Um, mm -hmm. It's a wonderful way to play, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but if your community is very uh, matched play, competitive points per general's handbook, um, I can see there might be some challenges and struggles to develop a narrative. But I hope what you're hearing here is that they're not mutually exclusive. You can build an, a narrative army. And that can be as simple as in my, um, you know, I, I took a bit of a page from Ben Johnson where um I've been trying to think about how do I bring Caradron overlords into my in my into my Tempest die, but still make it Cities of Sigma. Mm -hmm. So I I converted two steam tanks to be flying steam tanks using um, half of a gun hall apart. So I use the balloon, I use the wings, I use the whole bunch of parts from the kit, but I steam tanked it in such a way that it feels Cities of Sigma, but is still KO. And when I put it on the table, again, people see those models and go, wait a second, that's not a stock model. What's the story? 
that's mm. really cool. People acknowledge it. They like it. Um, they ask questions. And I find that's how I've been able to build a narrative and get people interested. And now more and more people are talking about kit bashing, converting, and and bringing their story to the table. I, I don't know what you found, Chuck, um, or any thoughts that you have on that particular comment. Actually, I, I do have thoughts and maybe some advice on how to start introducing narrative as a concept to to your, your region that's that seems to be competitive focused. Um, get to a table and ask somebody like, hey, wh what model do you like best? And they're like, oh, well, I like this one. This is this is my character. And ask them like, well, if you think about naming it and then and maybe they'll like, oh, maybe. And then that could be a way that they start developing their narrative as you're developing yours. And if they're just like, oh, no, I don't really care. I just like playing. Oh, OK. I'm I'm here to assassinate that model. Sure, here's here's the general's handbook. Here's what it says we need to do to win. For me, winning in this game is killing that guy. And if you have a single foot hero, and all of a sudden 2,000 points of your enemies running right at one single foot hero, it's going to switch your brain and go like, what what, what the heck's going on? <laughs> and, then, and then you can kind of start, in a way, forcing a narrative into it. Like, that person's going to get what they want, which is to have a, a game where they might win. It might not be the most competitive game, but it's going to take them aback <laughs> and they'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll at least start thinking about it. Or if you have someone that uh, uh, maybe is competitive focus and you have a character, maybe you have your Tayrathi on the table and someone kills it and this, and mm. one of the unit kills it. And they're like, say they get all happy. Like, ah, I took out your, your name character. How ah, take that. It's like, well, who took it out? Oh, well, this unit. Well, that unit's nobody. I, I'm injured and I left. Like till that till that unit has a name, that's that's nobody. I, that's 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 barely a trifle for for my great character. And then they may come back and be like, okay, well, this is this unit. They're, even if it's as simple as like they're Tayrathi's Tayrathi's killers. Okay, well, that's starting a narrative. So yeah, you you can help introduce the the concepts to everybody and 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 show them that it can all be done together. There are so many different ways to do this. Like when I think about building a personal narrative, I've got people in my community, um, and, I'll, and I'll come to Sean Blake in a minute. Um, he's made a really good comment in the chat. There are people that are really simple, and I love this idea from a gentleman in my community called Dan Brewer. He was on my Skaven show. He's absolutely a, a, a gun when it comes to Skaven. But something he started doing about two years ago is that after every battle, he would name one of his clan rats us, his opponent, and he would get like a little like a little like white texture or he would he would write under the base michael mary you know bill anthony like whatever your name was and obviously he's got like 140 clan rats and he's got you know giselle warfire teams and like it was fun to be a part of his personal narrative um i'm gonna i'm booking a show right now with a, a gentleman called dan you might know him from um from the honest wargamer you know aussie dan mm -hmm. or dan unsupervised yep. something he did at a tournament three years ago that i'll never forget is he bought these little custom objective markers he made them i think it was partly resin but he made these objective markers and he gave it to his opponent at the start of the game as a gift and he basically you know win lose or draw he was going to put them in the book of grudges being a dispossessed player and hopefully he wanted to reclaim that objective marker off them if and when they got to play again, which I thought was really awesome. But then I've got people in my community like Dick Johnston, who is an absolute law master when it comes to death. And he's just absolutely written it down. And it kind of comes to what Sean said is, you know, he finds that writing a narrative has been an awesome tool and including it into your um, army list or, um, on your display board, having a little small mm -hmm. booklet or some pictures or um, simply what I did on my 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 CanCon display board 
was I named my city Noltov, which is essentially New Oltov. Mm-hmm. And by having the name, they're like, oh, that's not Hallow Heart. That's not Tempestai. What's New- Noltov? Boom. There's my opportunity to explain my story and, and share a little bit uh, and, and not just kind of rocking up to the gaming table and just verbally assaulting them with backstory till the cows yeah. come home. Actually, that's a really interesting concept. I have, I always set it next to my display board, but I have a journal. It's Tayrathi's journal. So every once in a while, I'll put little entries into it. And you can see that there's times where she's getting a little unhinged. Maybe it's I'm having a bad losing streak right now at the tables. And that's usually when you'll see a lot more blood for the blood god sprinkled in instead of just normal handwriting. <laughs> and, and, and even to the point where it's like, like I took this book and I, I put it in my back pocket while like, you know, working out while like, going out to like job sites just like to make it like look worn and, and 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 use i think it's been around for a while and and even something simple as i i took some pages i just ripped some pages out why were those pages ripped out that's what, something what, i can i can explore later if i feel like i made my what, own narrative book was on the pages like <laughs> yeah you could scribble stuff out that's really cool and then there's another one person that kind of comes to mind you know i want to give a shout out here is a gentleman by the name of andrew bigwood um who's a competitive war gamer i think he did one of the best from a cities of sigma point of view at cancon but what he did and i love it is um he he went to someone who makes custom decals and he got he made his own logo and he got them custom decaled so that all of his warriors in his, his anvil guard essentially have his logo and wow. like it, it didn't actually cost him that much money, but having his, you know, his art piece um, and kind of tied all through the army, um, naming characters, that was just another way that he could bring it to life. And there are just so many different ways, whether it's through story, um, something that I did at a tournament, Sydney Slaughter 2017, was I wrote a battle report at the end of the tournament through the eyes of my general. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just put it on a little document and I posted it on the Facebook page at the end. Some people read it. Some people didn't. It didn't matter. I've got a document now from three years ago from that tournament through the eyes of my general. And I think that's really neat. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It's not just about the lead up, about the wrap up, too. That, that is an excellent point. Uh, the, the other interesting thing you can do, too, is as your army narrative expands, let it bleed over into other armies, too. I think you're obviously doing this yourself, but like I have a Ideneth army um, and I also have a, a, a Sanesh army and both those leaders, they're the leaders of those armies. The whole narrative of those armies are much more simplistic, but the, they each have a hero that ties because they're in opposition of Tayrathi and one being the Ideneth leader doesn't realize that she's in opposition. She just has found these shards of Cain and just oh, there's it's power. This is neat. So she doesn't know that Terathi has like the hit out on her, whereas the uh, the Slanesh leader does because Slanesh and you know she's also taking the shards of Cain, but she wants to resurrect Cain for her own Slaneshi purposes. Um, it, it it can bleed out to even the point where uh, my friend Neil uh, from actually here from from the Ren Four Club, he's uh, part of my <laughs> part part of uh, the podcast crew for Strength Hammer Podcast, but. He just did a carriage on Overlord entire uh, fleet-based army. And he was na- naming all the ships, kind of like a World War II, like a little, you know, there's a pinup art, and then he'd name them. He named the gun hauler like Tayrathi's Downfall and put like a blonde pinup girl on it. So it's like now all of a sudden, like to him, that alone has made a connection to my army, which automatically gives him a whole plethora of things he could pull from. Because like, he can go through my entire backstory 
and say, where did this happen? And yeah, it doesn't, doesn't hurt me at all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really neat. That's really neat. I've, it's funny you mentioned tying in armies because that's something that I've done probably now for four armies. So um, again, people know that I'm a Cities of Sigma Empire player back in the day. Um, and when I built my Legion of Night, I went and tried to make it um, a little bit Cities of Sigma or Empire. The way I did it, one example, was that I had a big block of 40 skeletons and they've all got shields. And what I did was uh, in every skeleton had one of the eight, one of eight uh, shield schemes from the Empire. So I had Altdorf, I had, you know, um, I had Middenheim, I had, you know, mm. Sterling, I had Tabuklan, I had all the different, you know, shield colours. Um, when I built my Terrorgeists and my Flesh Eater Courts, I had gotten the Griffin's chest plate and um, I put it, so basically it was an armoured around the Terrorgeist. Mm, um, nice. All of my ghouls have um uh, little little parts like these you see these little hats that the empire would wear i could actually put them on and i've got like a musician and a standard bearer and um my I, I put like some some night parts on my my flayers um and then my grots um some things that i did was i put some uh some cities parts on the on the grots there used to be another hiding little free guild uh, person that was off the the old Gargant kit. I think it was a sixth edition Gargant kit. Oh, and I've wow, got yeah. that, I've got that hiding with my troll hag. Um, I've got, <laughs> I've got Johan running with my, from in front of my colossal squig. And there are other parts yeah. that I'm trying to like bring all of my armies into this one narrative. So it's all of a sudden, all my army could probably be from Akshi mm -hmm. working with or in this well that I'm kind of like self contained little bubble. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's really fun to do that because like like as you said like you had tons and tons of cities bits yeah like i said if you uh actually I, sent, I did send you some pictures of those other characters but my entire slanesh army has cane throughout it uh here you can see the family portraits on the right of almost every terathi i've created um there's two more which you probably have pictures of but the center one is is right now my favorite it's the bride of cane i took it to the Holy Havoc event. It'll, it'll be my Holy Wars whenever I get to Holy Wars uh, leader as well. So it, it I wanted it to be like the the peak level of Terathi at, at, at her height of power. I love and then it. And the two on the left are actually, the, those are one of the ones I painted for Roger uh, for ETC um, that are members of the Terathian cult. Uh, essentially, I, I still told him they're on loan. Uh, he doesn't have to give them back, but... Uh, they're always going to be members of the Terathian cult, despite the fact that they're part of his army. And actually, I didn't send you pictures of the back, but if you look on the back, that's where I have the Terathian rune. So every time he plays with them, he'll know that they're part of Terathi's army. Well, it's actually, you, you just reminded me something that I wasn't even thinking about talking about, was that um, when I played at the Adepticon's double, uh, my partner was Martin Orlando mm -hmm. and Martin Orlando. What, one thing that we did off the back of our, our um, just ourselves, it wasn't anything formal was I said to Martin, uh, or we kind of agreed is like, we will paint each other a hero and we'll run it in our list. So uh, Martin Orlando had painted me a loon boss on foot and I had painted him a Lord ordinator. And I still have that model to this day. And it's a part of my story. So for things like doubles and teams events, uh, if you have, you know, um, in the past, I've done like secret Santas with my local community. You know, this could be another way to, you know, I would love, uh, Chuck, that you you to bring something like, uh, you know, the, the, the cult of Tay Rathi 
in my army somehow. You know, maybe I, I think I think we should do that. I think you and I should do that. You know, like like the, like if if I I'm open to the story and you're open to the story and you mention that you're a new Hello Heart, then mm -hmm. you know, did our armies interact? You know, what did we just find out? And we could bring that to life in in Soulbound RPG. We could mm -hmm. bring that to the life in like a little painting competition. We could just write stories and talk about it uh, in a private chat. Uh, it doesn't have to be like larger than life, um, right. but we, we're, we're just telling a story. And, and this is what I'm loving about it. You know, you can go as far or as, as little as you want. You know, Ken has called his, you know, his, his one of his beast lords, Mr. Shanky. Um, yeah. I ran an event two years ago, my first Sydney GT, I ran an event and there was, uh, I think it was Hayden or it was Sam Morgan, ran Daughters of Cain. And he named all of his hag queens uh, the names of like female gangster rappers, you know, like <laughs> like like Cardi B or whatever. I, I don't, I, I'm not oh, a gangster yeah. rapper person, yeah. but like it was just like that was just really fun. And his opponents had a ball, obviously looking at this army list. And if they're gangster rap, you know, they enjoy rap. They can obviously build rapport straight away. If nothing more, it's just a good laugh. See, that's a that's a really interesting thing. Like one, I would love to do that. You and I exchange of models. I know we've been trying to send each other care packages for a while, um, and I'll actually help you try and hunt down some white lion chariots for this as well. But I want to paint you a model to put somewhere in your army, whether it counts as an assassin or, or whatever. I think that would be a fun thing to do. Because now you got me thinking about that. Because I haven't really done that, and and my one of my best friends in the world, Matt Hayward. Um, we have been partners at Holy Havoc and as well as one of the Ren 4s where his Caradron where we're with my daughters of Cain. I don't have any reference to that actually in the army. I have it in the lore. I need to, I need to get with him and we, him and I need to do an exchange. <laughs> need to make it happen because that's a, that's a great idea to help grow it. That was what Martin Orlando had painted me. So I think oh, and nice. if, if anyone's seen who Martin Orlando's painting, they'll know that he loves these bricks, um, this brick kind of style on the base. So um, it was just really, really cool. It's it's a nice gift, um, and it was obviously appreciative. But I've got a couple of other pictures I'd love to show of your army. Yeah. Um, just easier if I press that button. So these are actually some of my latest stuff. Um, on the left is uh, blatantly stole this idea. Full credit to Alex Gonzalez at Depticon TO. He was doing a Warcry Warband of armored witch elves. And he posted just one picture. And it was using a lot of uh, Drukhari bits from 40K. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> this this is amazing. I said, how can I make this come to life? So I was like, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to just do like a Warcry Warband like he did. I'm like, I need a whole unit of 30. These are Tehrathi's elite bodyguard. So anytime Ooh. I feel Tehrathi, they're going to be on the table with her. Um, and they're all shield, they're armored. Um, I... I I essentially found a way to make plastic witch elves more expensive by, by doing this. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know how many, how much money's in there, but because well, I, 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 yeah. I doubled the price on steam tanks, right? My yeah. two gun haulers is the, is a full kit of a gun hauler plus a full kit of steam tank. So it's actually, I think it's like double and a half. Um, I have but you, don't, you don't care, right? Like when you spend no. the money, you don't care. I don't look at my kits and go, oh, I've just wasted half of my um, my Endrin rigor. Uh, something that I've done recently is I've kit bashed the halflings from Blood Bowl with with um, uh, Endrin riggers because, again, an Empire player, I, I don't have dwarves. I have halflings. They're from the Mut. 
And mm -hmm. I wanted that halfling experience back in my cities. So I was able to kit bash the both. And I'm look, not looking at my stuff going, well, I've still got all these, these basically these dwarves because I've used the full body of the halfling, but I've just converted and kit bashed with weapons and the balloon. But money well spent. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um and actually, even with that that elite bodyguard, I took uh, Martin Orlando gave me the idea. It's like your your champion, your musician, your banner bearer. They should be amazing, amazing characters of their own. So actually, all three of them are each individual character models. So I think one is the female, the Magus from Forty K, where she has the staff and uh, she's walking forward. One is a succubus, and one is an old. It's actually the only metal model in that unit, but it's the old. Uh, uh, Lilith Hexbark, probably pronouncing that wrong, but from 40k, she's the main witch elf. But so I have three models in there that are at least thirty dollars a piece, and that's before everything else. It's but you know they're the heroes. Like yeah, you look at any other stock standard Dodgers Cane army, you'd be like every, every single one of these characters could probably be a hag queen in that army. That's what I was yeah. going for with it. And, and then, then you've obviously got this awesome, awesome, awesome. I'll let you explain this, but I love this. Uh, this was really just, I, I always want to do, I'd seen many people do this concept, um, uh, whether uh, it's in the US or in the UK, and it's just like, I need to do my take on it, and my favorite sculpt from GW, even even when I was a high elf player, it's always been that sorcerer's kit, which you've seen mm -hmm. it now like two or three times in these pictures, so anytime, like I, I need to go buy one right now, but I always buy one and just set it on my shelf. I'll always find something to convert it into. So I just wanted to create a new character. Uh, so she doesn't have a name yet, but she's going to be probably the hag queen that is the main hag queen focus on the lore for the next event I go to. So love it. she's still in development, but yeah, it's, I, I wanted to make it. So I made it. I can make her story later. And that's okay as well. You can, you can uh, build something and then find a story. And maybe the story happens on the table where they do a champion feat. They were able to kind of, you know, avoid adversary or something happens. It's like, right, well, now you've earned your name. And that's something that I've seen out other people as well is they get their characters to earn their name through a feat. Mm -hmm. uh, so these next two are uh, <laughs> letting myself go off the rails. So, the one on the left, I call that uh, Terathi Unleashed. Uh, I I just wanted to take. I, ha I had the I had a I had leftover bits from the 40k uh, Yanari kit, uh, extra Slanesh stuff, and I was and I had an extra cauldron. Yeah, like I have so many cauldrons that I have extra cauldrons. <laughs> like it, it's it's like they're up on blocks sitting in the shed till <laughs> till I, I get to it. them. I I just wanted to create something that you looked at and said, this character does not like Slanesh whatsoever. So that, 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 that was the, that was a core concept. I wanted to be like, um, uh, there was a long time ago, they released uh, star Wars action figures called, I think they're called unleashed um, or maybe something, something else, but essentially it was like Luke Skywalker, but it wasn't just Luke Skywalker holding a lightsaber. It was him like full on power swinging, like light lightsabers blurred, like just in like the heat of the moment. And I wanted that to get that feel here of something just like, extreme hatred of, of slanesh 
So and I love you know you've got this you've got the the head of uh, a keeper of secrets. It looks like you're sitting in the the pool of yep. the cauldron blood. Uh, I can see you pull parts from a 40k. I don't know what the model is, but it's kind of like it's it's kind of like a prime, but it's like the 40k prime, and it's got these amazing swirls that you've kind of pulled from. Yeah, and I wanted to be very much that she's pulling blood and letting it mix with the uh, maybe the chaotic energy. Maybe this isn't the smartest idea, but this is just I need to kill everything. I need to kill everything right now. Let's go, let's go Super Saiyan, how, however high we can get, <laughs> and worry about the consequences of that later. So it's like you know, and then then the story unfolds is what happens if there's too much chaotic energy has been drawn upon. You know, do we go into more of the cult of Slanesh than we do the cult of Tayrathi? Yeah, and um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I have not played this model on the field yet, and I'm not sure when I when I will because this could be also representative of this could be like Tayrathi's downfall. This could be the moment that she goes too far mm. in, in her pursuit and fails or succeeds. We'll see. But. Well, I mean, in the old Warhammer Fantasy battles, and you know, I could see this happening. Is you did have the old cult of Slanesh, which was the daughters of Cain, essentially gone too far, and it was like a bit of a hybrid Slanesh slash daughters. So. Who knows what's on the path in the future? Uh, mm -hmm. And if nothing more, that might be something that you could bring to a narrative event. Uh, if you spoke to the TO or the other roles that kind of open, say, well, what does a Keeper of Secrets within within the Daughters of Cain look like? Because you've swung too far and now you've got the blessings of Slanesh rather than uh, the blessings of Cain. And right. that just opens up a whole new world now. And then looking at the picture on the right, I'm glad you put these pictures next to each other because they're like the perfect dichotomy. Because obviously, the one on the right is Tayrathi, like at her most controlled, her most pristine. Like she she understands her power and what she can do with it. Um, obviously, it's another 40k kit because it, it's a, that's the other thing too. Don't be afraid with the mortal realms the way they are. Like Vince Venturella did it amazingly with his Cities of Sig Sigmar army. Um, look at 40k models because chances are you can bring them into. Uh, Age of Sigmar, for 40k into Age of Sigmar pretty easily. So this is the Saint Celestine model. I just scraped off as much iconography as I felt comfortable doing. Um, put the head on, gave it a wep weapon swap in the left left hand, because I always give Tayrathi a uh, scythe if I can. That's just been what she's wielded ever since the first model I built, and just went from there. Um, just you know, standard slaughter queen on the table, but it's just, she rises above even her honor guard, so she'll always be seen on the table. Uh, is it... I mean, my, some people want to be, like, modeling for advantage. It's like, okay, well, that model doesn't have shooting attacks, but you can see me. Sure, go for it. You can shoot me. <laughs> you, you gain as much as you lose. It's like, cool, yeah. now, now I can't be hidden. It's, it's you're going to be popping me uh, a little bit yeah. easier. Uh, but, you know, again, like, I, I always have this conversation with a lot of people, especially Cities of Sigmar has, um, has created both a wonderful opportunity, but also a lot of a curse because people are like, I want my city to be more elf. How do I turn a pistolier into an elf? And it's, it's you know, for me, you know, people are like, well, can I use, I don't know, my old high off reavers and convert them with pistols? And my answer is always yes, because the intention was to create a theme, not I'm, I'm trying to avoid spending money and I'm, you know, trying to look for the cheapest way to use my models in five different armies. I'm not trying to use uh, a high off dragon as, as a magma dragon that I didn't want to buy from 412. It's, it's, you've got a theme and you're trying to carry that theme through the entire army. And mm -hmm. if you put effort and love into it, you can almost 99.9% .9 of times, um, 
I've been talking to Clint Mallet. Uh, I mentioned him at CanCon, and I want to run some Drake Spawn nights, but I don't want to run Drake Spawn. Uh, I don't want the, the the it looks really weird in my army so mm -hmm. i'm converting with the black art corsairs and i'm using like my my demi griff knight knights uh along with some of the horses from the celestial harakanum to make more traditional knights but with that dragon kind of uh feel with the cloaks of the uh the drake uh, the the black art corsairs oh, so nice. so again it's just like it's a way for me to reimagine it's costing me more money to do it but it's a way that I can create that theme and that narrative and tell a story as opposed to just putting a bunch of models on the table that might not look uh, completely synergistic. Right. Uh, actually, okay, so these two pictures are a couple of, of Tehrathi's lieutenants. So the one on the left is what I mentioned earlier, the uh, first male slaughter queen, Carla uh, uh, which is really just a combination of, of Halibron, the old uh slaughter queen from the world that was and then the first couple letters are char so charles so carla Brown. so it's a little cheeky way to put myself kind of on the tabletop again um like i said i explored his narrative uh it was a fun little one-off story uh, it's called tayrathi's gamble if you do look it up on my blog and then actually the one on the right uh she doesn't have a true name she just has a title called the wingless one uh, and what this was uh I, I was so taken by my time at realms at war and I knew I couldn't go the year after, you know, saving funds and all that. But I wanted to participate even in my own way. So when the pack came out, I took it. Not that I was going to compete in any way, but they do release the uh, battle plans and how you're going to build your character. So I built uh, a narrative around a single character and then, you know, the rest of the story they involved. And I, I took a single canary and, and took a knife to her, <laughs> as you can see. Uh, because you had, you you would bring in um, different uh, different models and you'd build custom units. So I pulled in a bunch of old high elf stuff, and essentially it was is the Tarathian cult like a small sect of it was accidentally pulled into this battle that was going on, which was like the little civil war that was happening in the in the realms at war story. And this this particular canary was shot down, and these random group of elves came to the rescue and these group of elves had nowhere to go. So Tarathi took them in. So that's kind of like how I just tied it all together. So, you know, and, and she's just a, a hero in my army. I use her on occasion. She's, she's fun. People, you, you look at that and go like, they'll either ask you, what is her deal? Or why did you ruin a perfectly good canary? <laughs> yeah. And um, I think you just, you just really call that a wonderful idea that I actually might take you up on that. You didn't even know that was a, even an option. And that is there are narrative events that happen throughout the year. Um, so Warhammer Achievements happens in England uh, at the same time as Blood and Glory. You've got Raw. You've got Nova. You guys run a narrative event. Mm -hmm. um, there, is, yeah, there, there was one uh, in Australia that was meant to happen before COVID kind of hit. Actually, I think it was this weekend, funnily enough. Um, I think it was actually literally, literally this weekend. But there are all these other events. So, like, even if you don't have this narrative community, you could almost participate online, which I think is actually a brilliant idea because I would love to attend Nova. I got really mm -hmm. jealous when I started looking at all the Nova stuff that Mitzi and Jimbo and, and Steve and Ming do. Um, but I could always get on onto that journey. And because of the community like Twitter on Instagram, um, I could be building my my alchemist or if the new, new the new story is about, I don't know, a Titan, which was the Australian version, you know, everyone had to bring a mm -hmm. Titan, I could still do it. 
they still contribute, yeah. even though I'm physically not there. Yeah, even even though I wasn't able to go to Realms at War, like uh, there's a lot of support from that community when I was making the wingless one. They're just like, that's so cool, and it, you know, you don't expect, and you just you sit there and you enjoy the event, which Realms of War does a great job with their social media whenever that event comes. So, you know, it was fun having them share it, even though I wasn't at the event. So yeah, feel free to jump in on stuff like that at any time. There's no reason not to. So if I was to kind of like bring this home and, you know, let's, let's get some real factual meaty stuff to talk about, you know, because your, your army is wonderful. And, you know, I hope by now people who have watched this and now getting inspired to, to, um, claim their place in the mortal realms. Um, this is really dangerous for me, by the way, because the minute I hang up with you, I'm going to quickly eat lunch and Games Workshop's just opened. And I'm going <laughs> I'm going in there with the intention to play Blood Bowl, but this is a really big risk. So I am super inspired. And uh, I'm, I'm even actually now really curious about what the Cult of Tayrathi might look like. And I'd love this idea with you around the assassin. Or I, I love this idea. I, I love bringing Life. I, I want to do it. like how how would you put a human into the Terathian cult? I would love to see that. Like and, you know, you know the first thing I think of is again being being very magic orientated. You know, and again you don't have many males in your army. I wonder if you have a uh, you know someone that you've kind of corrupted, almost like a battle mage who can come over and and you know it's almost like dabbling or you've been seduced into the cult of of Terathi, but they. They have a they have a spell law. They have something they can bring to the table, um, or maybe through their I don't know. Maybe this is something that I need to think about. But well, well, I mean, the last I left off, Terathi was setting up uh, cults of Cain through the Terathian cult inside Anvil Guard. So I mean, who's a uh, random human could wander in and they would be welcome. And uh, we'll we'll see if they're useful or not. I mean, if, we'll see if they're devout enough <laughs> to join. Maybe we're, maybe, we're, maybe we're chasing. We we could be, but. Uh, I have to I have to warn you though. Like my my friendly local game store opened up today too, so there is the danger whenever you get so far into this army that you keep buying witch elves. <laughs> so I officially have two hundred fifty now. We, we did play by. I, I I do have to put this on a podcast. Uh, Chuck and I did fight at Adepticon. Oh, uh, yeah. It was the Battle of Pop Stars. I should have wore the shirt actually. It was Britney oh, yeah. Spears. Britney Spears versus uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, I did beat you. Yep. Uh, which means yep. Britney Spears is officially the better pop star than Taylor Swift. Don't at me, people. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I won the battle. Britney is better. Um, uh, you're, you're, Britney, you're, you're Britney, bitch. I'm Britney, bitch. <laughs> Leave Britney alone. <laughs> so how do I bring it all to the table, dude? How do I bring this all to life? And, you know, I, I'm hearing things like, the stories that the GW have put together. It's about yourself putting, you know, writing down notes and exploring narratives and asking yourself questions. I'm hearing stuff about game, uh, tabletops. I love the idea of exploring the 40K world. You know, one thing that I'm really thinking about right now is the stuff that was previewed at the LVO seminar, uh, such as that Admech mechanical horses. Mm -hmm. That's perfect for Greywater fastness. Yeah. It's like, you know, what does Pistolese look like from Greywater? Boom, I've got mechanical horses. Yep. Done. Yep, they did it for you. <laughs> Done. So yeah. how, how else can I bring it to life? How can I bring my ideas uh, that are living in my head onto the table? I, I mean, obviously converting, like you said, maybe you don't have to convert. Maybe you will get lucky and GW releases exactly what you need. But uh, don't be afraid to do a head swap on models that even just as a simple start, that you're like, I don't know if this will work. I can't tell you how many different models I've ruined 
it happens. It's it's a learning process. So whether you're converting a single model and or converting an entire unit, uh, that, that is another quick and easy way to do it. Um, but like I said, if you find a narrative that you really love, write it down, talk about it, tell your friends, tell your buddies. It doesn't have to be something you shout to the world, but if you really love it, you're probably going to end up shouting it to the world, much like we're doing right now. It, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's a good way to embrace it and you know let others play in that world too. You can't just keep it all to yourself. Like I said, I, I, I have you know, Neil, who's made a direct reference to my army's leader in his army. And I think that's wonderful. If I was just like, oh, I don't want you to do that. It's like, no, no, go ahead, do it. It's not going to hurt me. It's only going to enhance both of our stories. So share your share your narrative. Let other people play in that narrative world with you. Right, like I said, I, I can't stress enough. Write it down as soon as you can because it was kind of a nightmare just sifting through old army lists and all the lore pieces are written down. And where's that blog post at? What did I title it? To re-put everything back together. And that, and I think we've danced around this, and I've wanted to call it out, but we haven't said it explicitly. Is start an effing blog. Start oh, a yeah. blog. Start a blog that will encourage you to take photos. It'll encourage you to write your stories down. You'll be able to do what Chuck has done and go back in time and try to find the, the common thread or try to find the challenges. Look at how the army's evolved. Um, and it allows you to share that story. And, you know, all it is is it telling – Ken's just pointed out, oh, maybe, maybe I need to make my battle mage Brittany. Uh, oh, Ken, you're a beautiful human. Oh, oh. Oh, all right, all right, that's something bad. Right, um, right. But but you know, by by putting in a blog is um, like you, you know, the, the cult of Tayrathi. You have got all us all spellbound because you're writing up these blogs. You put it on Twitter, like, hey, here's when you blog about you know my attendance at Adepticon, or here's my latest model, or here's my latest character. Here's what I've done, and you can take photos and talk through the process of modeling, or you know, sharing the stories as it progresses. So, um, and then you build a following of people that really enjoy and you get to a point where someone's interacting with your community, um, like you're finding with the carriage and overlords, you know, and and then the story just keeps increasing and and uh, I love it. I, I think the blog is something that I think that people in our community aren't doing enough of. Um, we got plenty of podcasters. We have plenty of YouTubers and Twitchers. I think there's still a lot of open space for people setting up blogs and they're basically free. Most places yeah. are offering them at almost no cost. It's not like you've got so much data you're going to put onto a website that you need hosting. It's dirt cheap. Yeah. it's. Uh, I use a blogger and eventually I did buy my own uh, uh, URL, but you don't need to. I didn't do it for years. Um, granted, I, I will admit I'm kind of falling into that trap. I'm doing more podcasting. So a lot of my recent blog posts have just been links to the podcast. <laughs> but uh, that aside, too. outside of, of blogging a good way to organize it too is on a google drive yeah uh so i have a google drive it's called tayrathi's tale here's where i have her artwork here's where i have her lore pieces in order uh here's where i have every list she's been in which is almost every list i've played for daughter's cane what event it was um and then miscellaneous stuff like i've done i do memes too i like memes i mean shout out to Haywo. he's the meme lord but uh uh, just every everything that's tied to the army, even the the other armies that have a character that's tied to my army through like rivalries. There's a place for it in that folder because that does help later whenever you want to do more with it. 
um, and put it up on the, on your blog. But yes, I do love that. Go blog. I take I take a lot of photos on my gaming. So I, I obviously I don't I want to be in the moment. I don't want to interrupt my opponent. But I, I take a lot of photos, and it might revolve around one or two characters, especially those heroic moments. So, um, and you know, like this this there's so much white space. But I think you know what I'm hearing is you can tell a story for yourself. Write some notes. You know, find a place in the model realms. Watch that video from Phil Kelly explaining in the Mortal Realms. Um, mm -hmm. look, look at the different, you know, whether it's an audio book, whether it's the novel, go look at things like um, Soulbound. There are just so many cool places that you can just try to pinpoint, pinpoint somewhere in the map. You may not know exactly, like me, I didn't know exactly what was happening in the Opal Isles, but it was enough of enough white space for me uh, to essentially be a sandbox to go, right, well, my perimeters are, uh, Tempest Eye to the south, Hallow Heart to the north. I've got uh, to the, to one side, I've got the Flamescar Peninsula. I've got a sea to me on the right side. But then as Soulbound's kind of come out, I've, I now there's a, a place called Bright Spear, which is, you know, quite far away. Now I've got this mountain range. And I was like, cool, that mountain range could now be where my Gargans are from. And maybe, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, a little bit far out near the Flamescar is where the Grots are. So all of a sudden, like things that I started two years ago, are now evolving and pieces kind of slowly start to connect. So um, just know that it's not like your narrative doesn't start from one day. It's just a constant evolution and things you do may not make sense to you today, but it will eventually kind of the penny will drop. Right. And just because you're going to a competitive event and maybe you're not doing a ton of narrative doesn't mean you can't record it on some level. And then when you do go to an narrative event, you can go to the extreme levels and, and truly play how your character would play. Like, for instance, uh, shout out my, my good friend Matt Hayward again, who partnered with me at Holy Havoc. I got to play on the cane table. And uh, I made a deal with the opponents. Hey, I need to get to the top of this cane tape uh, of the cane shrine and take pictures because Tarathi's whole goal for the entire event was to get up there and take some selfies. Problem was, my partner Matt that was a great position to put his uh, his uh, carriage on overlord general on a on a one of the boats so he could shoot. Hey, once again, go to my opponent. Hey, can you can you take him down? I, he's kind of in the way. Ran up there like I threw my I threw Matt under the bus so hard, and I got some amazing pictures. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of terrain, there's another thing that that's a really cool story, but it just reminded me. So in Australia, we have um, I wouldn't call it a rule, but it's more like a gentleman's agreement that. Um, each opponent, each player will bring a couple of pieces of terrain to contribute to the tables so that, the you know, the TO doesn't have to contribute 10 pieces of terrain. Imagine what that looks like at CanCon where there's uh, two, uh, 240 players. Mm -hmm. That's 120 tables times that by 10, 11 pieces of terrain. That's a lot of terrain for Clint. So, and it reminded me of a gentleman in, our, in my community called Ben Spinetti, who you might know from the show. He's done um, Deep Kin with me in the past. But he developed three pieces of terrain and um, they were all thematic to his army. So uh, one was a, an Azerite ruin, but it was actually being lifted up by a wave. So it was like the, the tide was taking it, which was awesome. Yeah. He, he built like a bar. So he used half of a ship, one of the, uh, the, the shipwrecks, and he made it as a bar. He had low tan with the octopus uh, <laughs> in a bar. I mean, incredible, right? But again, that's another way that you can bring your story to life. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm a gloom spike kids, let's bring some mushrooms. Let's think about, you know, some, some, uh, I've seen simple things like the, the loon shrine, they've cut out the loon shrine eyes, put an led. So it glows. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. That's such a simple, small thing you can do to create a little narrative burst. 
Yeah, and that that's a wonderful idea. Uh, like I, I'm looking to like I need to redo my entire Dodgers Cane display board, and yeah, I'd love to have a whole table themed to Dodgers Cane. I, I don't have that yet, but that's a fun thing to work on. It's and it's working on the army without working on the army. So here's something that Deke did for me. So last year, um, Deke had uh, approached me and, and for my event, my Sydney GT event, and Deke said, I'd like to contribute one table's worth of terrain for you. So as a TO, I'm like, brilliant. That's one less thing I need to do. But what he had done is he contributed a table that was basically like Castinia, you know, basically a very soul blight orientated table. And he had a very thematic table. He provided the battle mat, he provided the terrain, um, so he was able to bring his story to life and, and contribute a table. And for me, it was brilliant. It took pressure off me. Um, but it also inspired him to create his own terrain as well and that he's going to be able to take advantage of when he's playing his games at home. So it was like two birds, one stone, and he's brought his world to life. He had spooky wildwood trees. He had this amazing kind of tower. It was just had like his, uh, like a tomb, essentially. It was just brilliant. So what you just gave me is an idea to help push the Terathi story at events even more so because <laughs> that's a brilliant idea. Do a whole Terathi themed Daughters of Cain table to offer to events to use as an entire table. That's, and that's great. And, yeah. and you know, this is also proof, Chuck. This, you know, this is also proof is that talking to each other just fleshes out stories and ideas and we walk away with more stuff to do because mm -hmm. we're fueling each other's hobby and and this is why you don't want to keep it in yourself you want to be sharing it um and getting and finding like-minded individuals and there are communities you know there's an awesome group called things like aos 28 which is all about oh, yeah. like, these, yeah. grim, these grim dark age of sigma um but there's pockets of these communities so don't keep it into yourself share it and, and you'll be surprised how many people like like some form of narrative might not be narrative mm -hmm. gaming but it, it'll be some form of narrative in their army. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, yeah, share it. Don't keep it in. Is there any other tools that you could think of that might help me bring it to life? So we've talked blogs, we've talked converting and kit bashing, we've talked about you know, story writing, and we've talked about like... I, I think the biggest one is what you just brought up. The, the best tool is each other to help each other. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, no matter what stories I write for Terathi, they don't come to life unless I'm playing somebody on the table. So, yeah, I think I think we've kind of hit everything I can think of. No, so re almost like reinforcing some other points. Name your characters, especially like if you're submitting a list, because uh, most tournaments will ask you to bring a list at least on the day. In Australia, I know it is. Uh, it it's required that you submit it in advance. Um, so, like you know, put name some players and. So name some some characters. And if you're struggling with names, people like Jamie the Jester have, have created little name generators that can help you generate names. Um, I like that dramatic kind of empire names. You know, it's a very German Roman Empire kind of feel. So I mm -hmm. use Dungeons and Dragons name generators as well to kind of find some, some inspiration. Um, so there are name generators. There are a whole bunch of things you guys can pull from. We've talked about, you know, the little nameplates. We've talked about right. display boards. We've talked about, you know, your little art logos that you're able to incorporate um, on your army lists and your blogs. Um, there should be something here to help you get started, to find your place in the mortal realms, to expand your story, and then tell your story. Um, yeah, and definitely if you do have, like, a story that you've been working on or a narrative, uh, 
I'll check back on these comments, but like put it in these comments of, of the show. Cause I love reading narratives. I love reading stories. I like knowing what people got going on. So yeah, if you have any, anything that you are working on, maybe you haven't put it out there too much, put it out there now. Big shout out as well to Ken. He's pulled out a really great comment as well. And this is a simple one. We've kind of overlooked, dude. It's like basing models to help carry the theme. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it's brilliant. Thing. Yeah. It's so simple. It's like, okay, cool. My army's from Akshi. Cool. What does the base look like in Akshi? It, does it have to be lava based or could it be more of a plains based? If I'm in the plain scarf peninsula, maybe it's more deserty or maybe it's more of that Martianesque kind of like red, red stone. Um, yeah. Is there, is there uh, bits that I could use? Um, uh, yeah. Grass tops or even like I, I have not a lot, but I have blood for the blood God on my bases on certain locations, like where it looked like a blood would drip off of a weapon because blood. So Deke, Deke, all of Deke's armies, for example, come from Shaish. So he goes and buys the army painter purple flowers. They're the only flowers he uses. They're all purple because obviously Shaish is purple and he keeps that through his basing and it looks brilliant. It looks really complimentary to, um, the reds, the reds and the blacks that he would use in a legions of Nagash army. So again, mm -hmm. a simple way to carry that kind of theme across. Yeah, like I said, like back to Martin Orlando and his bricks. Yeah, I mean, you you know that that is a city of Sigmar army because it's infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people like cut out their bases so like they can drill a little bit of a hole, or they use like milli putt to build it up, and then use like a little bit of resin to kind of make like Nurgle, um, you know. Oh, Nurgle rock pools. And, rock pools yeah. and things like that. Like, there's just so much. And basing Ken, you've just nailed it. That's perfect. Thank you for, for pointing yeah. that out. Um, is there any last advice you'd want to give Chuck um, around this particular topic about, you know, finding a personal narrative, building a personal narrative, and then kind of like sharing it? Don't be afraid to do it. Just do it. Just Just try it and do it. Let it happen organically. Don't force it and make sure it's something that you enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, stop doing it, find another, find something else. And it, you don't have to tie it to a single army. Like I said, I'm very focused on one army because I found that army to be my passion. But like yourself, you can have it tied to many armies. You, you, can, you can use it to connect different armies that would never work together for games at home with your friends or at your club or even to a, a, a major narrative event that will let you mix like that. So just do it and... Don't ever think that just because you're a narrative player that you can't be competitive. And if you're a competitive player, don't don't think that you can't also do a narrative inside of your story because the, yeah. the rules of these armies play so well into competitive anymore. My last com my, my last comment, and, you know, there, there have been comments about people, you know, trying to find and build that community. The easiest way that I've found building a community of like-minded individuals, especially on the gaming table, is if you are at your local store, not not a, obviously a tournament, but if we're at a local store together and, you know, Chuck and I or, you know, insert random person here, we're going to play a game and I want to explore a narrative. The best and easy way to do it is show interest in your opponent's narrative. And every battle tome has a one to two battle plans, which is narrative narratively orientated. So you might say to your opponent, I want to play the bad moon scenario in the in the Gits handbook that, you know, you, I'm playing a Gits army. Um, mm -hmm. So not, not trying to force them into my scenario, but maybe showing them interest. And then, you know, they get the, they, they kind of get to explore their, their narrative or their battle plan that they wouldn't normally get to play. And then they go, Oh, that's a good experience. 
And you might still wrap it with match play points and, you know, you might try to find still a bit of fairness, but um, once they've had a good experience, they're more likely to keep progressing into some weird and wonderful places that right. um, whatever. Yeah, no, that, that is great. Because, yeah, those battle tomes, uh, battle plans and the battle tomes are great ways to show off your army and play in a very narrative fashion pretty quickly and pretty easily. So, yeah, don't don't discount those. They're great. <laughs> I know we've had a couple of quick shout outs. So first off, if you haven't followed Chuck, you're a crazy person, go onto Twitter and go follow him. Uh, in the video description, there is his stuff. Go do that. Go check out his blog. The blog is incredible. There's so many wonderful resources. You are on a podcast. You are doing your Strength Hammer podcast. Um, any shout outs, anything you want to tell the people on, on the interwebs? Uh, actually, I want to congratulate uh, one of my good friends, uh, Sean. He's Brush for Hire. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. He just hit 1,000 subs on Twitch today, and he does fantastic. He's he's made commission painting his life. Uh, he took that step finally, and he's a fantastic painter. He painted my Ideneth army. Uh, he's actually painting my Blood Bowl team right now. But he streams Monday through Friday, I think, 8 to 4, and he has fun with it. <laughs> if you tune into his, it, like, at, at any given time, he'll have a different hat on. He may be in a banana suit. Um, he just has fun painting and, and just chatting and playing music. Like he's very, very different uh, type of uh, streamer or art streamer for miniature wargaming that I've seen anywhere else. So go give him a follow if you could. Oh, you're very complimentary. And go check out Chuck. I can't stress enough. Go check out Chuck. Uh, go check out his podcast. Go check out his blog. Go follow him. Uh, you, he, he is a bundle of joy. And you get to see his strength hammer workouts as well, which is uh, inspirational as well as we're all in isolation and maybe eating a little bit more than we should or not moving as much as we should. <laughs> um, it, 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 he's been keeping me sane but also in check because I like yeah. to see as his workouts. Also, uh, you can follow me. I am on Instagram as well. Same as my Twitter handle, which is already linked below. If you want to see more as things happen throughout the day, because Instagram does a better job with stories and all that. So if you want to see the smaller moments of shenanigans that happen throughout my day, follow me there. Chuck, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm really sad we didn't get to play again or meet again at uh, Midwest Meltdown. Unfortunately, I am locked in my country, but I know our time will come again soon. And this was a mm -hmm. nice way to at least talk. Um, I'm now inspired to explore this idea with you about a model share. Um, I think, yeah. you know, I would love to see, you know, nothing would please me more than people who watch this share their ideas with us on Twitter, get that blog started. Uh, I'd love to hear how people are exploring the model realms because that means I learn more about the model realms through your exploration. And I think that is just a wonderful gift that you can give the community. Mm -hmm. Yep. Fantastic. Thank you, right, you. For, thank you very much for having me on, by the way. It's been oh, a pleasure. No pleasure. And if you've enjoyed this, guys, uh, again, thank you to all the Patreons who make this possible. Uh, again, they're all kind of linked down below. They are absolute rock stars. If you want to talk Age of Sigma, I've got a Discord channel that is going off like a frog in a sock. Uh, good for sharing hobby and having some good laughs. And finally, uh, if you've enjoyed it, smash the like button, hit the subscribe, uh, do that youtube stuff. Um don't forget, don't forget that the best way to win a game is to score more objective points than your opponent. So without further ado, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for hanging out. Chuck, you're a legend. Take care, Al. Thanks, y'all.